How are we doing then? Good, thank you very much. I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? I'm okay. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> We've had the Jubilee, which has been fun. Yeah, what did you do? Nothing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me and Josh went into Manchester on Thursday. Um, yes. He wanted to go and have a look at some guitars. And um, then we went to Forbidden Planet, which I always call Planet Hollywood, and he tells me off for Forbidden Planet. Very, very different. Yes. Very different. Very different indeed. Um, and then we went to probably one of the greatest restaurants in the world, if not Manchester, um, v Rev, which is amazing. Um, yes. Which is What did I... Um, yeah, I had a like, kebab burger thing, which was pretty good. Can't remember what Josh had now, but it's, it's it doesn't matter what you have, it's always amazing. Yeah. Uh, loaded fries? Loaded fries. Loaded fries. And loaded, uh, loaded them, fries. Them, them wings, they, they do. They're incredible. No. Yes. Oh, dear. And Josh bet, can... Josh bet me that he would be able to finish, and he did, which was highly annoying. Yeah, wow. Yeah. He, said, he said, if I, if I finish all my food, can I get something from Forbidden Planet? I was like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. And he did. he did. He did. He did with it. So he finished, so I had to get him something. So. Uh, have you bought him a Planet Hollywood t shirt just for a joke? <laughs> Maybe. No, he was yes. saying that the entire time. So, which way is it to Planet Hollywood? I know it's Forbidden Planet, sorry. It was the <laughs> entire time. Anyway, go to the shop, get some biscuits. Do you see the um, post on the vegan campout page? Yes. That's disgraceful, uh, isn't it? Okay, read out what it says then. There's been some wild conspiracy theories made about the event over the past few days, some unfortunately by some fellow, in brackets, misguided vegan, claiming that we are not ve we are not a vegan event because the venue we host the event at is not vegan. This happens each year as the event continues to grow. But this doesn't make any sense. This would be like claiming a vegan food company is not vegan for selling food in supermarkets. Um, a vegan charity is not vegan because the landlord they lease their offices from are not vegan themselves. This would be a completely unrealistic standard to hold. We've never claimed the venue we hold the event at is vegan. None of the venues we've ever been at have been vegan venues. Nor are some of the con contractors that set up the stages or deliver things for the event, although many of them are. But we are vegan, the event is vegan, the speakers, performers are all vegan, the food is all vegan, the majority of people who attend are vegan. And whilst it wouldn't change the point of this post if they hadn't, the venue we are now at has recently banned any hunt group from using their land, which would have never happened had we not moved there, which is a win for the animals. These people yeah. have also claimed we're government puppets paid by the police to infiltrate veganism, along with a range of other conspiracy theories Rest assured, we are taking legal action. To conclude, Vegan Campout has always and will always be a fully vegan event run by vegans for the vegan movement. Madness! Why that would is, people do that? That is insane. To, to address the first point, I think expecting them to hold it a, a, a vegan venue is impossible because i don't believe such a thing exists no like, isn't it going to be like ten thousand people this year yeah where who's 
who's who's got land that you could exactly what, what vegan maybe dale their dale vince from uh yeah Cotricity, perhaps if he, if he puts all his money into a giant campground for one weekend a year it's just uh i just find it baffling because it's such a positive event yeah there's people coming from all over the world to get together to celebrate being vegan why would you not want that to why would you think that's not a good thing no i really don't get it and if you think you're better if you think you can do it better go and yeah go for it. it go for it yeah absolutely and yeah and the the supermarket thing i is a is a perfect analogy because uh, i think we said it in one of the previous episodes with jim i think it was talking about you know we we where we live here don't have access to a vegan supermarket no. you can't walk or drive to a vegan supermarket in a no. reasonable amount of time so you have to go to tesco or morrison's or asda or whatever because that's what's about we don't even have sufficient independent shops to go to instead no. of a supermarket so you have to go somewhere that sells dead animals there's no there's no, no alternative no. and it's just, I, I still go along along with the like the kfc argument the you know, kfc are a disgrace to what they do yeah. with animals but they are trying to bring a plant-based alternative in and if we just go well we're not going to eat that they'll go okay we'll keep eating chicken then yeah. Exactly. So unless we go and buy it, unless because the chicken lovers are going to, the chicken eaters, eaters. are going to go and, and are going to go and buy that. So if we don't go and buy our things, they're not going to continue selling them. So it just makes no sense to me. The people, those those people that can make them claims to go, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go and eat the plant, or I'm not going to go and eat whatever the next or the Greg sausage roll. It's just mad. Just don't get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it just it just makes it makes the community sound like a bunch of assholes. When yes, most, absolutely. most people, most people aren't. It's just a, you've got activists at one end, haven't you? You have to have the activists at the for one of a better term, aggressive end. And then you've got the quiet ones at the other end who don't who just do their own thing. Yeah, and then you're going to have a, a nuance of people in the middle somewhere. But these people are just like they're like they're giving us a bad name. Wes. they're like anti-villains. They're not an anti-hero. They're, an, they're an anti-villain, aren't they? Because they're just that they're 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 trying. I don't know what they're trying to do. Just oh, I think it's just yeah. No, it's um, it's a really tricky one because they're vegan, so that's a great thing. It's just the, I think it goes back to the vegan teacher discussion that we had with Josh. Yeah. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how far is too far? Yeah. You know, if, if, if everyone does their bit, if you do, if, what, if you're, if you claim to be vegan and you're doing everything in your power to do as much as you can to do, help the cause, to stop animals getting killed and whatever other reason you do it for, as long as you're doing that 100% for the right reasons for you, then that's enough. Yeah. 
you can't go around slagging everyone else off saying you're not doing it right, you're not doing this, because that's the, the non-vegans already do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we need to stick together. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, rant over. Okay. Right, I've got another one thing before we speak to our guest this week, which is a quote from Ramesh Ranganathan. Lovely. The uh, comedian and famous vegan. Yeah. And this is a quote relating to if you're stuck on a desert island and it was just you and a pig. I got you. So he says, I'm not eating the animal, bottom line. If it's if that's the only food source, once I've eaten it, then I face starvation alone. So we might as well both hang out while we die. I'd probably ask how they had survived up to this point, because if there's no other food source, this animal's existence is blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's a fair one, isn't it? Shall we speak to our guest this week? Yeah, why not? Okay, our guest for this episode is one of the first vegan runners I ever met. And uh, as, as is often the case, our guest is a vegan runner because they're the only vegans that we know. <laughs> so, <laughs> far, so, so far. So far. So far. Very good. Very good, Wes. So far. So one of the first vegan runners that I met, a uh, experienced vegan runner who uh, zoomed off to the Netherlands a couple of weeks ago for a park run, which is an extremely long way to go. Um, our guest this episode is Hannah. Hello. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? I don't know why I just waved there because this is a podcast and nobody can see me, <laughs> but it's just it's what we all do nowadays, isn't it? What happens if you go to a park run in the Netherlands and you've forgotten your barcode? You're in big trouble. I suppose you have to you have to have it on your phone, don't you? Because you can I have do, yes. yeah, you can have the park run app nowadays. So yes. that's yeah. how long ago I did park run. <laughs> gone yeah. gone are the days of having a scrunched up little bit of paper in your back pocket that you have to try and flatten out. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, you can have it on your you can have it on your watch, you can have it on, on your phone. Oh yeah. wow. I've got mine on a little sort of credit card size bit of plastic. So Very which cool. has been through the wash about four times because I forget to take it out of my shorts. And uh, yeah, it's all good. All mod cons now, Wes. Well, yeah, sounds like it. You know, I'm yeah. very grateful, actually, for the for the phone barcodes, because like you say, the, the, the paper ones, people do all kinds of weird things with them. They put them down their sock while they're running. You would not Ew. believe what, oh, I know, I know. And then when, when you're trying to scan them and people kind of extract these little disin disintegrated um, barcodes out of socks and hats and other weird places, it's really unpleasant. Yeah, that's pretty grim. <laughs> just, just get it on the phone. <laughs> I, mean, I remember the first part when I'd done years and years ago where I, I, I just turned up with a bit of paper. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, I've got a bit of paper. And it chucked it down. It, the heavens opened and I just got to the end and went, that's not going to scan. I won't. <laughs> I'll just knock that one on the head for the day. So I'm like minus one part group. Oh, very disappointing. So, to, uh, tell us why. Tell us why you went off to the Netherlands for a park run, Hannah. Well, do you know, it just sounded like a really nice idea. So some other vegan runner friends, um, the lovely Daisy and Julia, who I know from Rutland Water Park Run, they have been doing their park run alphabet challenge. So they have been trying to complete a park run beginning with every letter of the alphabet. And the only one that they were missing 
was a Z. And in The Hague, there is a park run that begins with a Z, the Zuda Park park run. So they wanted to go and visit and complete their alphabet challenge. And they asked if anybody else wanted to go. And I'm not doing an alphabet challenge, but it just seemed like a nice thing to do. <laughs> so, you know, why not? Um, so should I ever decide in the future to complete my alphabet challenge, then at least I've got a Z. Yes, you are on the way. And uh, we ran at Brixworth this weekend, didn't we? We did. So we got. Well, we you got a ran, and I kind of, I kind of joggy walked. Oh, you had the dog, didn't you? Though I had, the, I had a, so, I had a dog that doesn't really like running. So yeah, <laughs> I did, a, I did a kind of a joggy walk, but it was very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a nice course that one. I enjoyed it. And uh, what were there? Sixteen of us, I think. It was a good turnout, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, yes. I think sixteen barcode scanned and sixteen vegan runners out of ninety-eight. I know. Uh, people taking part which is a fantastic Ooh. percentage that is good, isn't it? surely that's surely that's worthy of a mike harper shout out I on hope the vegan so. runners well, facebook page you know when you go there because obviously i was like the last vegan runner through and um, almost one of the last people and as i was handed my finished token um the volunteer did actually say to me oh my gosh like there's a lot of you vegan runners today and i thought yeah i know it's great isn't it <laughs> Look at us all passing out and deteriorating yeah. because of our lack of Yeah, and then, then I collapsed from lack of protein. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, would you like to tell us your vegan story? Where did it all start? Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> Where did it all start? So it's kind of been a lifetime journey for me. So I thought about this and just... Going back as as early as I can remember, I have never, ever wanted to eat meat. I've never wanted to eat animals. Just as soon as I knew what meat was and where it came from, I didn't want to eat it. And in fact, my mum had this wonderful, wonderful memory of me. Um, I believe I was about age three. So, so that kind of age, very, very young. And she was cooking the Sunday roast. And I kind of toddled up to her as you do. And I said, oh, what are you cooking, mum? And she went, oh, I'm cooking, cooking roast pork. And apparently with this absolute look of disgust on my face, I went, that's a dead pig. And she kind of went, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> where's that come from? <laughs> and just kind of from, from there, so sort of over, over quite a long period of time, I was like, I don't, I don't want to eat meat, don't want to eat it. I know it's animals, don't want to eat it. And... My mum was not convinced that this was a very good idea for me to not eat meat. I think at the time, I just thought she was being difficult <laughs> and obstructive. And as an adult, I can look back and I think she just had no experience of vegetarianism, didn't know what it was, didn't know how you would possibly be able to bring up a child without eating meat. And so there was kind of no discussion to be had. But kind of the first major turning point happened when I was maybe about nine and I was like mad, mad into ponies. Everything was about ponies and horse riding. And I used to have uh, magazines like pony magazines. And I remember reading this article about ponies being exported for horse meat. And I went, that is it. That is absolutely the end of it. I refuse to eat any more meat. And so kind of that was stage one. That was where that was where like I was put my foot down. No more. Not going to eat meat. 
And there was a bit of compromise to be had. My mum was still not dead keen on this idea. So we kind of compromised. And for many, many years, I was pescatarian. So that was kind of where things started. And I guess the next turning point was when I finally left home, moved out, and I kind of thought, oh, I can, I can do my own thing now. <laughs> don't, don't have to eat this fish anymore. So in my early 20s, I went vegetarian. And I think in the back of my mind, I kind of always knew that the whole, you know, production of dairy and production of eggs was not really that ethical. But as you do, you kind of block it out and you think, yeah, well, you know, it's not maybe it's not that bad. And, you know, the cows are well looked after and, you know, I'll buy the free range eggs and all that. kind. You know, all the things you try and convince yourself. Um, but it just niggled away in the back of my mind. And I don't I don't really know what took me to to finally taking the plunge to go vegan. But I did that was six years ago and never looked back. I cannot ever imagine wanting to eat meat, dairy, eggs, anything like that ever again. It just kind of felt right. So, yeah, it's been a gradual process, but I got yeah. there in the end, I think. <laughs> yeah that's fantastic yes okay so what what's been the biggest struggle uh, yeah i think i think it has been that maybe that feeling of kind of having to perhaps compromise for others which i probably haven't ever had to do it's probably been like almost a self-imposed pressure you know that right back from childhood well i wanted to be vegetarian but i had to compromise and, you know, that kind of maybe stuck with me a bit that being vegetarian, being vegan, it was a bit awkward, a bit difficult for other people. You know, if you go out somewhere and you're the only vegan in the group and where are you going to eat, where everybody can get something that they want and that kind of thing. Um, I think I found that difficult for quite a long time. I think one of the other things that I really struggled with for quite some time um, when I first went vegan, I did a lot of reading, spent a lot of time online joined Facebook groups, that kind of thing. And I discovered that being vegan isn't quite as black and white as you think. Everybody has their own interpretation of what it means. And however vegan you are, there will always be somebody who is more vegan than you. And they'll be quite happy. <laughs> they will be quite happy to tell you about it and point out where you are not being vegan enough. Yeah. And I really, really struggled with that in the beginning. Um, but I think, I've, again, I've reached a point where actually I think I don't care if you don't think I'm vegan enough. I don't care. We're actually all on the same side here. Let's let's not let's not kind of pick holes in each other. Let's just appreciate we're all on the same journey here and and go with it. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about it, weren't we? <laughs> we, we? We had a little chat earlier on, and we we covered that exact point. That yeah. Yeah. There's always someone who's who's more vegan than you. Yeah. Who's uh, who's up on their high horse. Um, looking down and thinking, well, I'm a level eight vegan, you're only level six, or whatever it is. And I just think about those people, congratulations, well done, I'm so yeah. pleased for you. Yeah, yeah, good for you, mate. I'm, I'm, you know, you do you, I'll do me. Exactly. Like you say, we're all on the same team. So, Hannah, you said earlier that um, in your early days, your mum was a bit of a struggle with cooking meals for you um, when you finally made the big change um, how did your friends and family feel with that what did they think 
you know, they were actually a lot more accepting than I thought they were going to be. I think um, my friends particularly, I, I was I was a bit worried about telling them, you know, um, sort of, oh, I've gone vegan. It's still a little bit weird. Still not that many people. <laughs> um, and they just kind of all went, OK. And... And I was like, oh, I wow. wasn't expecting that. That's, that, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, my mum took a while to come round to it, but she got there in the end. I think, I think it probably wasn't any great surprise. And yeah, I get probably, probably a bit of ribbing from my brother, but you know, he's my brother. If it wasn't, if it wasn't being vegan, it would be something else. So, you know, um, I think really on the whole, people have been a lot more, accepting a lot more positive about it than that I really ever anticipated so I kind of braced myself for this <laughs> this like big thing um and it really wasn't so yeah that was good that's incredible that's good that is good um so how have things changed for you then over the past six years yeah do you know I thought about this question because um you know what has changed I don't know um I wouldn't say it has been a huge change um I kind of eat some slightly different foods and maybe my shopping habits are a little bit different you know if I go clothes shopping then okay I don't buy stuff that's got leather in it or wool in it or you know that kind of thing so yeah I wouldn't say there's a big big changes so I overall I wouldn't say it's been a massive change Probably one of the most significant things is that since becoming vegan, I also became a runner and just getting to know other vegans has been fantastic. Um, you know, OK, make a bit of a joke about some some vegans, and maybe, you know, like not getting on with other vegans or perhaps having a problem with other vegans. But kind of on an individual basis, all the vegans that I've met have been just lovely, really nice people. And I'm so pleased to be able to call some of them friends of mine now. And I think that's actually just been a really nice thing um, to have found a community of like minded people. You know, we're all we're all kind of on the same page with it. You've always got things in common. Um, so, yeah, that's been that's been a really lovely thing, actually. Yes, um, that highlighted, I think, probably on Saturday when we were at Parkrun and there yeah. were 16 people, most of whom had never met before. Um, some people knew some other people, but I don't think everybody knew everyone. Mm. And and yet at the beginning, before the start and at the end, everyone's just standing around having a chat, chatting to people you've never spoken to before. It's just, I just love it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And it doesn't feel awkward, does it? You just, nope. just you just chat. You just, yeah, 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 it's good. So the big vegan question, um, where do you get your protein and other nutrients from is it really facetious of me just to go well plants <laughs> <laughs> no no that's fine that's absolutely you fine because that's it's, true it's yeah i mean it's it's not really that big an issue is it you know right. it's like it's like the ultimate question like oh where do you get your protein from where do you get your calcium from where do you get your b12 from and it's like we're just just eat some plants you know and, and eat lots of different plants and eat lots of different colors and lots of different types of food and and you're going to be fine yeah that's pretty much it just just eat lots of different stuff lots of different colors and you're sorted yeah and a vegan society tablet once a day there we go that's it 
Simple. What's a vegan society cool. tablet? That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. The, it's, um, like an, not... it's like an iPad made <laughs> by the vegans. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, no, it's... um. Crunchy. Have you not come across them? The little one-a-day uh, vitamin tablets, the vegan society ones? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Okay. Cool. I have the Holland and Barrett vegan ones, which I think are pretty similar, but yeah. Much of a match. But then I had... I had supplements before I went vegan. It's just uh, it's just something that people take to make sure they've got what they need. They do. And do you know what? If you walk into Holland and Barrett, I think probably, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say probably 75% of stuff in there is not suitable for vegans. So I think that says it all, really. Yeah. And so old people used to have cod liver oil tablets, didn't they? I mean, God knows yeah. why you'd want to have that. But... <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's the best thing about being vegan? Oh, the best thing. I think that's an easy one. It's just knowing that you are doing what you can to reduce animal suffering. Um, that's, I think that's why pretty much all of us are vegan. That, and, you know, there's, there's huge environmental benefits as well. We know that a plant-based diet has a much lower carbon footprint, um, potentially less water use, you know, you could potentially feed more people on a plant-based diet. So for me, those are the those are the two kind of big wins about being vegan. Yeah. Yes. When you look at it like that, it's really no contest, is there? Why wouldn't you do it? No, exactly. I'm trying to formulate an answer to the question of why are you vegan to make it seem like, why aren't you vegan? Yeah, I think that's a better like, question. Why wouldn't you be vegan? How, how can you not be? <laughs> How could you not be? You know all this is happening, regardless of whether you agree with killing animals or not. Yeah. All the climate change stuff surely should be enough. Mm -hmm. but, it's that thing, you've but, got three reasons, haven't you? You know, you, the, 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 the vegan argument is animals, you know, we're saving animals' lives, um, but you've got the environment and you've got your health. If you're not on board with at least one of those, why not? Why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a winner, however you look at it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing better than a hunk of prime Labrador steak, wonderfully marbled. And that is almost entirely dependent on how it's produced. Elwood's organic dog meat has complete control of this entire journey. So I'm here at Elwood's farm to find out a little more about it. Welcome to Elwood Farms. Thank you very much, Elwood. I hear you do a bit of barbecuing. I do a little bit of barbecuing every now and then, yes. From a chef's point of view, consistency is key for everything. It doesn't matter if it's a Rottweiler ribeye, a Pyrenees mince, or a lab sirloin. You can always tell when the dog comes from a place where it was well reared. And every step has to be right, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, you should see these guys! So, from an Elwood's point of view, there's complete traceability. Absolutely. Unrivaled traceability, so it's fine. Every single piece of dog meat? Yeah, from pub to farmer's market. Everything the dog's been fed? Everything about it. For each dog? Yeah. Only Marks and Spencer's and Whole Foods do this. Where else can people order from? From ElwoodDogMeat.com. That's E L W O O D. DogMeat.com. For top quality meat from dogs for people. Meat that's local, sustainable, and humanely harvested. There's only Elwood's organic dog meat. <laughs> 
They seem pretty friendly, don't they? They're more responsive to me than my kids, to be honest. So what's your favourite vegan product at the moment? Gosh, this is, oh, that's so hard to narrow down. So I'll start by saying that I don't, I don't really use vegan products as such because I'm not somebody who, um, not somebody who really eats fake meat or that kind of thing. Um, vegan cheese, like I, what even is that? I just, so if somebody can find me a good vegan cheese, I will be so happy. But <laughs> at the moment, just no. So I don't really, I wouldn't say I really use vegan products as such. However, there are a few things that I really love. So number one, nutritional yeast. That stuff goes on everything. Everything, anything and everything has nutritional yeast on it. So I buy it like two kilos at a time. Oh, wow. so yeah yeah you're not yeah. joking are you no no I, love wow. it. I, genuinely... just, I just took a minute to register that sorry two kilos yeah it doesn't weigh anything humongous. you could use it as a pillow yeah oh, you, you probably could actually yeah honestly you have to do it are you even vegan if you haven't bought two kilos of nutritional yeast so oh, yeah. right so we're, we're not vegan uh, here we go i'm more vegan than you you're only, you're only a level six yeah <laughs> that's my vegan barometer wow um so yeah i really like nutritional yeast um i do i remember this was this is quite some time ago actually i went um so i kind of i'm going off at a tangent here but I dabbled my toe in the world of vegan dating a few years ago, which was just the most bonkers thing I've ever done. It was hilarious. I had a whale of a time. And I met this guy and I told him about my love of nutritional yeast. And he actually said, I don't think I've, <laughs> I don't think I've ever met anybody before who actually uses nutritional yeast as a primary ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> and I, just thought, I thought that was such a win. I was so happy about that. <laughs> so, nutritional yeast is great. Anyway, there's a few other things that I really love as well. So I just um, kind of want to give a little bit of a shout out to um, Wild and Furrow Oat Milk. So they are a um, business or company local to me or localish to me. And they produce their own oat milk. They grow it. They produce it locally. They um, put it in reusable glass bottles. So it's super local, super environmentally friendly. Ooh. And it just tastes amazing. Okay. So I really love that. Um, so that's really good. I also love um, Louisa's vegan chocolates. So Louisa hand makes uh, vegan chocolates in a little shop in Nottingham. And she buys all the cocoa herself from um, suppliers in wherever you get cocoa from, like cocoa producing countries. Um, so it's all really, really fair trade. She pays proper wages to cocoa growers and so on. And the chocolate is just amazing. It's really, really Ooh. good. She posts it out. So definitely, definitely go and buy Louise's vegan chocolates. And I also, am I, sorry, you only said one, but I've got like no, a you carry on. Plug away. <laughs> I also really love Frida's peanut butter. So that's produced in Cornwall and they do the most amazing, so Peanut butter is the other thing that I love. If you cut me open, I would be made of nutritional yeast and peanut butter. 
Um, <laughs> and they <laughs> produce it in like these amazing flavors. So you can get like chocolate, orange, peanut butter. And um, in winter, they do like mold, fruit, peanut butter and all kinds of really cool flavors. Wow. And it's all vegan mm. and it's amazing. So definitely Hello. everyone should try Frida's peanut butter. And then the last one, um, I promise that's going to be it, is <laughs> Hodmer's Hod Dodds beans and grains. Um, and the reason I love them is because I eat loads and loads of beans and lentils and grains. That I'm just kind of old school like that. But I love the fact that they produce it all in the UK. I think one of the things that people really love to try and catch vegans out on is that we apparently have all our food flown in from overseas. Um, and we don't because you can grow it all in this country. So everybody go out and buy things from Pompadils because they grow it all in the UK. It sounds like you shop on Diagon Vegan Alley. <laughs> all the shop names are like like witch shops. Is that is that a? Um, that makes me very happy. <laughs> is that a Harry Potter reference? Oh come on! Don't come back with us. What we'll do is we'll we'll tag them in the um in our social media. Oh, they'll love that. I'm sure they'll love that. Uh, we've done that pl lots of times, and no one's ever sent us anything anything free. But uh, <laughs> we live in hope. You never know. You may get a don't pack we, of beans or something. Yeah. Yep. Always living in hope. <laughs> the only way to live. Um, so, if anyone came to you wanting advice on going vegan themselves, what would you say to them? Um, what, well, apart from probably go and ask somebody else? Um, no. Yeah, I apart from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Um, I think I would say what I wish somebody had said to me when I went vegan, which is don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Just, just, just focus on your own vegan journey. Um, you know, like, like we were saying earlier, however vegan you are, there'll always be somebody more vegan than you. There'll always be somebody who thinks you've got some aspect of veganism wrong or, you know, okay, you're doing that bit great, but you need to be doing something else. And, you know, you can tie yourself up in knots with it. So I think just just do your own thing. Whatever your vegan journey is, it'll be right for you. So if you want to go vegan overnight, great, do it. If you want to take your time, you know, change one part of your diet at a time, that's fine as well. If you've got a load of stuff in the fridge and you just want to gradually use it up before you go vegan, that's fine to do that. If you'd rather give it all away to somebody else because you can't face eating it, that's fine. Just do whatever you need to do to go vegan and don't worry about anybody else. I think that would be my advice. That's really good. Yeah. I, I think that's brilliant. Like, I just feel like we need more imperfect vegans rather than a small number of perfect vegans because collectively the change is bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And yes, imperfect. Uh, what was the thing? Was it something you said, Wes, a few weeks ago? Maybe not. But the, the road to perfection. <laughs> is it the road to perfection is made up Paved of a lot of... Paved with good intention. Paved with good intention. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that yes, wasn't me. Yeah. That wasn't you. Okay. <laughs> right. yes, oh, come on. You, you could have taken you could have all the credit. <laughs> yeah. Nah. nah. But yeah, if you're, doing, if you're doing the wrong thing, but for the right reasons, that's surely better than 
not doing anything at all. Just think even you're, if you you're get, on the right route. If you get 50% of the way there, you're 50% closer than you were before. And if two people get 50% of the way there, then that's one whole vegan. And, you know, yeah. know. that's probably and, some iffy maths going on there somewhere. But, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, Greg, who was also at uh, Parkrun with us on Saturday, said in his episode, um, vegetarians, for example, are potentially tomorrow's vegans absolutely they're already they're on the path aren't they they're just not quite there yet yeah yeah mm. just be nice to them don't don't i don't because i think i've seen a lot online where people people really berate vegetarians because oh but they're still they're still eating dairy and they're still eating eggs and you know it's like well yeah they are but there's also loads of stuff they're not eating um and you know if we just kind of support people well maybe they'll actually get there with time i think you know, if you if you if you annoy people, they just put the barriers up, don't they? Mm. It's kind of the equivalent of having the Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on your door. You know, nobody nobody wants that. Nobody listens to that. Sorry if either of you are Jehovah's Witness. No. <laughs> I've, I've always wondered. I've always wondered what their conversion rate is. Really low. I know, it must be really low, low, must it? Really <laughs> low. And I, I just think, I've always wanted to let them in. They wouldn't know what to do. So what, you have to, so what you have to do, because this is my theory, is that if you want people to listen to you about being vegan, you have to be prepared to listen to other people's beliefs. So I think if you get a Jehovah's Witness at your door, invite them in, but tell them they've got to listen to listen to you talking about veganism. Oh, that's brilliant. There we go. <laughs> I, did think, I, did, I did sort of think along them lines when, you know, when the chat, not Jehovah's Witness, but like when charity people come to your door. And they're trying to sell you stuff. You, you're going to give me a spare. Why don't you come in and have an oat milk coffee with me? We'll have a chat. Absolutely. <laughs> it's reciprocal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that is fantastic. I'm going to try that. Pretty <laughs> quite Try it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. If I'm, if you're going to take up my time, I'm going to take up some of yours. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just only fair, isn't it? Yeah. I get that. Awesome. Okay. Uh, that's a brilliant point. Okay, so who's your vegan inspiration? Uh, do you know, I thought long and hard about this. So I don't, I'm not really somebody who follows things like social media, particularly. I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, this podcast and Matt, your your vegan Matt page, obviously is completely my inspiration. Um, you're probably the only, stop, you're probably the stop, only vegan. Stop there, that's it. That's the answer. That's all right, I'm going to edit the rest. That's all I'm putting in. <laughs> no, seriously, you're probably the only vegan I follow on social media because I just I don't really do uh, following kind of so-called like celebrity vegans and stuff like that because I just don't relate um I really don't um and I think it's wonderful if other people are inspired by that that's absolutely fine but I tend to be very much inspired by people who are just kind of getting on and doing cool stuff in their life but they're also happen to be vegan so I'm just thinking somebody who springs to mind um, and I wouldn't say he's an inspiration in the, in the sense that I'm kind of following in his footsteps, but I, I'm, I have huge admiration for what he's done is again, another uh, vegan runner, Tim, you know, Tim, don't you? Big Tim, yes. lovely big yeah. Tim, who has been doing so much training recently for, it was a marathon, wasn't it? He did. And um, he got himself a coach and joined, you know, a local running club. And he just put the hard graft in. 
and did this amazing marathon. It was just fantastic. And I love to be able to, people like that, I find really inspiring because I can look at that and go, do you know what? Actually, if I wanted to, which I don't, <laughs> but if I wanted to, I could do that. I have no excuse not to be able to do that because that is just an ordinary person doing this really amazing thing. And they're vegan. And I love that. So it's it's the ordinary vegans doing fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, I find I, I love that. That's what that's the kind of stuff that inspires me. I think, like you say, with, with um, non-celebs, it's because it's relatable, isn't it? Because it's something that you know, yeah. you know, that they're at your level. If we're talking about vegan levels, that that, that they're, they're <laughs> around around around, around our level of. of of that path, aren't they? Yeah. So you can sort of go, but if they can do it, I can do it. The celebrity might, might have funding or they might have a, a personal trainer or something that's out of my league, yeah. so I can't do that. Whereas someone that you see every day or every week, you can go, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. That's really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> so you talked about um, your favourite shops earlier on. The final question is the same sort of thing, but is there any vegan venue or restaurant that you would love to promote right now because you think they're incredible? <laughs> so you can now go on another rant of other... Of, of, uh, not, not the I nutritional haven't... yeast shop. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Nutritional yeast shop. No, I, am, I haven't got a really long list, so that's, um, that's probably a good thing. So... Um, I want to, yeah, I just want to give a little mention to somewhere that has literally just closed its doors actually near me a couple of days ago, I think it was, they closed. Um, so lovely little cafe called Luck and Boo, who did really fantastic vegan food. And um, I think basically they just took a big hit during COVID and never really bounced back, which was a real shame. Um, so hopefully they're going to go on and do other wonderful vegan things in the future, um, but they will be very, very much missed. Um, but in terms of places that are not closed, there is a fantastic um, vegan restaurant and takeaway down in Dorset, which um, is somewhere I like to go on holiday. And they are, they're brilliant because they deliver, they deliver to the campsite I stay at. I mean, how amazing is that? That I can go and stay on a campsite and I can get vegan food like delivered to that me. That is brilliant. It's yeah. so cool. And um, I think they're vegetarian and vegan, but, um, but yeah, loads of really, really good vegan stuff. And just everything is amazing. Like this one, they do this wonderful mac and cheese with like herby greens in it and you know lovely desserts and you know amazing burgers and pitta boxes and just yeah it's everything is so good and i'm just yeah it's amazing i love it <laughs> and if, I could, if they open up in the east midlands i would be if they want to franchise <laughs> up in this part of the country i would be so happy <laughs> what's the what's the name of it hannah it's v dorset oh as simple as that v dorset yeah. And you endorse it, if you endorse it. Highly. I highly endorse it. <laughs> that is an amazingly big cup. Yeah, it's full of nutritional yeast. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to vegan camp out, Hannah? I'm not? not, no. But okay. I've heard loads of people are and that there's a swimming lake as well. And now I wish I was going. But <laughs> Oh, yes. 
that's something I meant to ask you about. You do wild swimming, don't you? I do. Yeah. yeah. Do. Last year. How do you get in? How did you get into that? What's the? Oh well, this is the most stupid story, right? So I started. <laughs> I you fell in the lake and thought, oh. I'll no, 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 it's even worse <laughs> than that. I went to prove to myself that I wouldn't enjoy it. And then, no and then I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Why, so I went, <laughs> why did you think you wouldn't enjoy it? Well, so I have probably like these, like so many people probably do, like these awful memories of school swimming lessons. And, you know, I spent my whole adult life thinking that I did not enjoy swimming um and just I just refused to swim wouldn't swim don't like swimming don't want to do it but I live really near Rutland Water and every Sunday when I was you know out on my bike or out running or something I would see all these people like thrashing around in the lake and I would I would kind of go past thinking that looks like something that I probably should enjoy but I don't like swimming and in the end curiosity got the better of me and I thought I'm just going to book a session and then I'll know for definite that I don't enjoy it. <laughs> and I went along and it was just brilliant. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> so there we go. The joke was on me. But it was, yeah. yeah, I've been every single week since then, since I started last August. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. That is good. Not in London so, water, because you can only swim in there during the summer, but I've been swimming sort of here. What, what, do you mean you can, what do you mean you can only swim in the summer? Is that like a legal thing or? Yeah, so because Rutland Water is a reservoir, you can't just go in and swim kind of as and when you want to. So Uh, you have to go to organised sessions for kind of safety reasons, um, and they only run them during the summer. Right, this was was something I was thinking about, because where I live is next to a place called Hollywood Lake. Yeah. It's it's, it's a beautiful, it's not as big as... Rutland or Pittsford down in Northampton, that area. Um, but it's really, it's a really beautiful lake. And it's like, can you just go and jump in that? I've not seen anybody else doing it, so I'm not going <laughs> to go on. Um, and then I can't, I don't want to go onto social media and ask the question because they'll go. No, you can't. No, you, we're not that yeah. a load of abuse. Because <laughs> you know, social yeah. media is the way it is. It'll be like, why the F would you want to do that? No, I'll be bothered. So, so the thing with, where to go. The thing with Rutland is is it because it's owned by Anglian Water because it's a private company and you could or you could sue them if you went in there and drowned. Yeah, and they 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 like to say how there's there's all this terrible machinery all over the place under the water mm. that sucks you in and like <laughs> liquidizes, liquidizes you into tiny pieces and stuff. Um <laughs> I mean I guess it's out there somewhere, isn't it? But um like swimming in I a don't blender. I don't see ducks and swans and fishermen being regularly liquidized so i'm not quite sure how much of a how much of a risk it is but okay so but you've you've swum in other places as well i've seen on strava you swum in yeah yeah there's a few nice places about so like the river neen around peterborough in that area is lovely there's a few spots you can get in um and that's great because there's so much wildlife so you know you can swim along and and see otters and swim with swans and wow wow yeah it's it's incredible (laughs) And, it, and if you're in Northampton, uh, where I grew up, that, that's also known as the River Nen. I know, apparently. <laughs> apparently yeah, so my mum, was she was born in Northampton and she was adamant that it was the Nen. But because I'm kind of Rutland, everyone around here calls it the Neen. Um, yeah. And apparently it changes at Arundel. Oh, is that the boundary, is it? That's the boundary between ah, the Nen okay. and the Neen, yeah. Because yeah. Arundel's just inside Northamptonshire, yeah. isn't it, I suppose? So yeah. It's, yeah. 
Okay. So once you get past past Arundel, it's the Neen. And yeah. Uh, Although well, the Avon is the Avon from end to end, and that goes for through loads of counties, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't go yeah. into River Avon. <laughs> Maybe we should start something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a movement to call it the River Avon. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. So yeah, that's it. Thank you for your time. Unless you have anything else you would like to add. Is there anything you want to get out of your system? Oh my gosh, well, you put me on the spot now. No, probably no. I mean, I'll think of something later, but <laughs> at this exact moment, there's nothing. <laughs> That's fine. You can come back on as a guest again in the future. Um, when we've when we've interviewed all the other vegans. <laughs> all the gone, other all the other gone, normal vegans. Yeah, when you got when you've gone twice around the vegan runners membership. <laughs> Thank yeah. goodness it's a uh, big club. <laughs> we well, we did talk last week because everyone we've had on, apart from Wes's wife and Wes's son, has been a vegan runner. Yeah. Everybody. And it's become a bit it's almost like you might as well just call it the vegan runners podcast. <laughs> but I don't know any other vegans. There must be there must be some vegans out there that don't run. <laughs> I know some vegans through social media and I don't actually know them in person and they're not coming, they, they were not engaged at all with coming on. So I was like, we're either rubbish or they just don't want to come on. We need to, we need to start telling people that we were the 47th most popular UK based nutritional uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts last week and then yeah. they'll, they'll suddenly start. How many are there? Up. Oh, 48. 47 out of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I think there's 200 and something. Oh, well, that, yeah, but that's pretty good. Keep though. that bit quiet. Top, <laughs> you know, 47 is not bad. Yeah. 47 you're, on no you're budget. Pretty, you're pretty new, aren't you? So it's yes. Not yes you're, you're, number one on week one, are you? Well, I was a bit disappointed, but, <laughs> you know, that's a... <laughs> to try and manage my expectations yeah Wes has been really good at managing my expectations but <laughs> excellent yeah if only Wes listened maybe we'd be even higher up the chart that'll be it yeah okay I'll, I'll, it... I'll put it on in the background where I'm gonna part here my this is it. does it work if you keep going back in and listening multiple times can you just put it on repeat huh. oh that's a good shout. I could put it on I mean, while I'm asleep, couldn't I? Just yeah, on really you. quiet, just on yeah. repeat all. Exactly, be like white noise, it'd be lovely. What a tagline. Listen to this podcast. It's put like, it on while you sleep. <laughs> podcast for insomniacs. Oh, I should change the category from nutrition to insomnia, shouldn't I? And then uh, <laughs> see how far up the chart we go. Oh, um, Thank you for your time, Hannah. And, um, That's great. See you, Thanks a lot, Hannah. see you in person sometime, hopefully. Yeah, when you next come to a park run. Yes. Oh, God. No, it'll be before that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Where's his next park run? 2050. Oh, oh. I know. If only. We'll, we'll get you to one before that. We'll get there. You we'll can get. Uh, come along to cheer us on at the uh, park run at Camp Out, Wes. Yes. So when Going is Camp run. Out? So it's oh, let me check my 15, calendar. July fifteenth. So the park run, yeah, is is going to be on the Saturday, the sixteenth. 
yeah, and it's no, going to be no, at rugby. Reason I can go. I'm, <laughs> this is so this is so rock and roll. I am defibrillator training at Rutland Water Park Run that day. Oh wow! Okay, fair enough. So, That's a um, fair enough reason to. It to is miss a fair it. enough reason, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll allow that. Otherwise, that would yeah, otherwise that would be a lot of fun. Yes, yes. I think last year they had something like a hundred at Newark. Yeah. For the park run there. Yeah, because it's moved, hasn't it? Because it was up at Newark Showground. Yes, but yeah. there were a lot of complaints about it being at Newark Showground because it's owned by someone who supports hunting, or they have some hunting. Oh, they have show. like these county shows and stuff there, don't yeah. they? Yeah. But then I think where it's moved to this year, I heard something about there's they allow shooting or they they have connections to hunting or something. They had a they had a hunt, but um they can camp out on their social medias and have been told that they're stopping the hunt. Stanford Hall are apparently going to stop the hunt. Okay. Well so, that's good. Yeah. I think it's just Very such positive. a difficult one. I think anywhere in so I'm I'm gonna go off on another tangent here, but anywhere I'm in the countryside, <laughs> it's so difficult because everything is connected to farming and mm. you know, in some way. And it's so difficult to kind of disconnect from that, isn't it? It really is. And I don't I don't know what the answer is. And sometimes I feel it's a bit like that old argument of, you know, you're always going to be supporting agriculture in some way you know if you shop at tesco's or you shop at asda or something well they sell they sell meat-based products and dairy products and so on Where if you, you pay your income them? tax if you pay your income tax you're supporting agriculture Absolutely. aren't you animal agriculture because it's subsidized and they get the money from us yeah so, so you can't not best, do it, it? exactly so we, can, we can never get to level 10 of that basis <laughs> possible not unless you i don't know go and go and live in the trees somewhere and <gasps> live off grid yeah oh, grow, all, grow all your own stuff but then just yeah. just go into town to download how i vegan podcast every week that's it exactly that. Love it. <laughs> nice <laughs> nice plug that's the only thing that you that's the that would be your only contact with the outside only concession with the out <laughs> I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> Amazing. That would that doesn't sound that bad actually. I quite like the sound of it, to be honest. But um I'm I'm I can barely manage my own back garden, let alone growing <laughs> my own food and clothes. I'd be um I'd, I'd be dead within a week, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It, it, it's kind of the theory sounds better, I think, than the actual practicality of it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, it's a it's a fantasy, and for a very good reason. <laughs> there we go. Lovely. Oh, thank you so much, Hannah. I really appreciate you coming on. That was good. Good. Good to chat with you both. Yes, you and uh, we'll meet again at uh, another park run, probably. Great. Hopefully, soon. maybe we'll get back up to Rutland. Haven't been there for ages oh, now. That would be nice. Yeah, we can we can organize. We'll have to organize one. Yeah. yeah. See you next time. See ya. See you. Bye. 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 I'm just gonna munch on co-op Rocky Road. Oh, Rocky Road. Oh, while you do that, I'll say thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed that and found something useful. If you want to get involved, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for How I Vegan Podcast. And while Wes is still cheering, <laughs> I will say you can send your comments, queries, and feedback 
And you could volunteer to be a guest. So right. By email at howivegan podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>